this is Christy. And this is Christy's mom. I'm Sue. And you're listening to the Mastering Nun podcast. Today, we're going to learn a little bit about geocaching. And if you know my mom, you know why she is today's guest. Yep, I'm a geocacher. (laughs) So you are a geocacher. You've been a geocacher for a very long time. Almost 20 years. June 1st will be 20 years. Ooh. Ooh, So you got in at the very beginning then. Pretty much, yep. Do you know about the very beginning? Do you know oh, who started it? I learned I, a lot today. I've read about it a lot. Let me tell you what I know and then you can fix it. Okay. I say I know a lot. I've heard it a lot of times. That doesn't mean I'll have my story straight. I do know that at some point, and I want to say it's in the year 2000, 2001, um, and I want to say it was Clinton made it so that the G- the GPS satellites were more accessible to your average human and not just military. We don't have military precision, but we do have access to the GPS satellites. Is that close? That's almost exactly. So what happened is GPSs, which is a global positioning satellite, Satellite, a uh, global positioning satellite. Oh, now you've got me questioning that. Okay. Okay, you Go look ahead. it up while I keep I'll going. look it up while you keep talking. Okay. So they were primarily available for military purposes, but there was this thing called selective availability, which purposely introduced errors to the signals uh, for civilians. Hello. You were right. You were uh, right. What did I say? System? You said system. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, so that's no fun. Why have these cool toys if you're going to just jam our signal? And so for civilian purposes, your receivers were only accurate to about 100 meters, which if you go geocaching, 100 meters is a long way. Yep. And so in 2000, it was May 1st, 2000, and it was Clinton. You're right. He turned off the selective availability feature for civilian use. So it went from a hundred meters of um, accuracy down to less than 10 meters of accuracy, which means civilian devices could use it too. Now, I don't really know the logic behind why they had that block. I don't know what civilians could get secretively. You know, I don't know why, why they blocked it to begin with, but it's certainly been a lot of fun since they turned that block off. Mm-hmm. And so- and then- And then can I go for it from there? Yeah, go for it. Somebody, I know you'll have their name. Somebody decided, hey, I'm going to go hide something here. And let's see if my friends can go find it if I give them the coordinates. Yep, exactly. So his name was Dave Ulmer in Oregon. And he did this, you know, as soon as Clinton turned it off, he was in, Dave was in a bunch of like GPS enthusiast groups and so he he wanted to test. He heard that it was within 10 meters and he's like, let's test this out. So he hid a black plastic bucket in the woods near his home in Beaver Creek, Oregon. And he just put stuff in it. He put some little toys and a logbook and a pencil and an invitation for others to take part in what he called a GPS stash hunt. So he put the coordinates of his container on his little... I mean, we're not talking Facebook group. What did we have back then? Bulletin Uh, board. Sort of message board. Yeah. (laughs) And and he posted it there and and challenged. And so uh, rule goes or the new law goes into effect May 1st. 
Ulmer puts it out May 3rd, and a the first geocache was found by Mike Teague on May 11th. And they're like, hey, this sounds like a lot of fun. So they call it geocaching. And we will get to today here pretty soon, but let's talk about what geocaching was like in the early 2000s. Okay. Am I talking? Yeah. I mean, well, tell us. Tell us what you Oh, I will tell you. Yeah, the technology is a lot different today. I see where you're going here. Yes. Back in the day, we would print out, well, to explain what geocaching is a little bit, well, you kind of explained what it is, but how we use it is there's a website, geocaching.com, where you go on and then you can find the coordinates of all the geocaches near you. And back in the day, we would print out those pages. It would give you a description. It might give you a hint and it would give you the coordinates. And then we would put manually put those coordinates into our little GPS receiver and go out and find it. And we're talking about back in the days when you would print out a map quest directions to get <laughs> where you were going. You would also print these out. I remember the hints, they were encoded. And so we would have to sit there with the, the key that they would provide and we would have to decipher the code if we wanted to have the hint. And I do remember at one point you had a cable. So would you connect the GPS to the computer and then kind of download like a trip or something? Yes. And then at some point, yes. Yeah, so we could enter all those waypoints into the GPS without having to enter them manually. And then from then, then at one point we got a Palm Pilot. I remember so the Palm Pilot. <laughs> So we actually downloaded all the information about the cache, the description, the hints, um, maybe even some comments that were made on it. I can't remember some logs. And then um, we had that. Oh, we thought we were, I mean, we didn't have paper anymore. It was great. And so we would go out and started off for us. We started off in Southern California and we would go out looking for these geocaches. So what are some of your favorite early geocaching stories? Because I know at least one or two of my favorite. We'll see what you say. Huh. Well, one of them you, you may not even know about. One of, you know, We've got some good stories. You're right. <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> no, but one of my favorite geocaches, not, not a story necessarily, is um, there's a shipwreck off of um, I could, uh, Palos Verdes or somewhere down there that's been there since the 60s. And there's actually a cache on the ship, which is just a rusty bunch of rust. But you actually have to walk out onto it to find it. And I thought that was pretty cool. But stories, I bet you're thinking about when the police have been called on us. When they've been called on us, um, on our elbows under a bush in a front of a police station. There's multiple police stories. There are multiple police stories. Yeah. But yeah because, the... because if you're looking for the cash, you might be looking a little suspicious. If you're in a park at night, you might look a little suspicious. Yeah. And so we would always take stuff with us. You have a backpack full of goodies, just like McDonald's Happy Meal toys or dollar store items. But I remember one trip with a friend. <laughs> and um, so some people have fuzzy dice hanging from their mirror and she had fuzzy eight balls hanging from a mirror, like from a pool table, the eight ball. Um, so they were hanging. I don't know. I don't know why she had them. They're silly. Um, so she was carrying them because she wanted to do some exchange where she, so for geocaching, you give an item, take an item. So, you know, you want to kind of have something of comparable value. So for some reason she thought she was going to exchange these 
um, fuzzy eight balls for some, I don't even know what she was looking for, but um, <laughs> I just, them. she didn't want them anymore. She was just getting them. <laughs> so here we are in the dark with flashlights, I'm sure maybe even walkie talkies. There are definitely trips where we had walkie talkies going and she's talking about her eight ball, talking about her eight ball. Well, we didn't think of it because we knew what we were talking about, but an eight ball is a drug reference. I learned that that night. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened? Some guy came up behind us and was like, show me your eight ball or something like that. And it turned out to be a police officer following us looking very suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> and then we showed him what we were talking about and he yeah, suggested was... we leave the park and we left the park. <laughs> <laughs> Another uh, police story, not an interaction with the police officer, but I remember finding a cache in Roseville. Oh, and yeah. Officer Flood had found it somehow and left his business card in there. And I, I don't know why I remember his name was Officer Flood, but. But I remember him writing, have fun with your game. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's been some big stories um, like. For example, Disneyland, there was, um, so what happens is when you hide a geocache, it, you try to make it blend in with the environment, but sometimes people will stumble upon it. And so somebody at Disneyland found it and they reported it as a bomb threat or a suspicious package or suspicious, suspicious device. Yeah. And um, I don't know if they closed down all of Disneyland, but they definitely closed down that part of Disneyland. I think they closed down like all of Tomorrowland is what yeah. it was. And I think they sent in a bomb robot mm -hmm. to blow it up, the poor geocache. Can you go geocaching in Disneyland anymore or is it off limits? I can't answer that. I just went a couple years ago and I don't, you know, while you're doing that, I'm going to look and see if there are any in Disneyland. All but right, it reminded me. It reminded me of one time we were looking for one in or near a um, post office box. You know, those public post office boxes. Mm -hmm. And pretty soon the police drove up. Somebody had called on us. And pretty soon he was down on his hands and knees looking for it as well. <laughs> and I yeah. said, oh, you should do this. He goes, oh, no, my wife would divorce me if I got another habit. But it was just <laughs> funny. He was down there looking for it with us. So since geocaching was, you know, early 2000s, along that time was the popularity of Harry Potter as well. And <laughs> so... If you uh, if you see someone that is not a geocacher, we call them muggles, just like from the Harry Potter reference. And so you always want to be careful that muggles aren't watching you because one fear is that they kind of, you know, obviously them calling the cops on us is a fear. But then them uh, coming up after we, we rehide it and then their curiosity, you know, sometimes it's innocent and they're just checking out what we're doing. But other times people could just come up behind you and take whatever you had you know I don't mean come up behind you like in a scary way I mean you know come to the area after you left figure out what you were searching for and then take it and then that's no fun so we always want to watch out for muggles and to answer the Disneyland question they have virtual caches in there you'll probably be talking about different kinds of caches but virtual caches there's not an actual physical object there but there is something you need to go visit and then answer some certain questions that you could only know by being there and so there are virtual caches in Disneyland only. I have found caches in the past, but that's been a long time ago. Yeah. And so when I say, are you allowed to do it or not? I'm not talking about like how you're not allowed to get married in Disneyland, but some people mm -hmm. sneak in, you know, a, a 
a person that's certified to marry them and still do it. These for geocaching, you actually have to get them approved to get them posted on the website. So if it's not allowed, it's probably a geocaching rule and it's probably some agreement they came to with Disneyland mm -hmm. so that there weren't going to be more bomb threats called in, called in or just devices. And another couple of examples are national parks. You can't have physical caches in national parks or anywhere near a railroad for obvious reasons. <laughs> good. Yeah. For some reason, I'm picturing a picture of you on railroad tracks while geocaching. You were like pretending to be tied up on the railroad track. Oh, that was a geocaching event. That was an event. Well, and there's another subject there where people of like-minded people get together and swap stories and everything geocaching. But that just happened to be at the park where we were. Do you still have the picture? Because that would be great for Instagram. I can Yeah. <laughs> I think it was my very first picture I ever put on it as a profile on Facebook. So I'm pretty, or maybe oh, that was MySpace to give you. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> it's, it's there somewhere. Find I'll find it and I'll post it. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Um, so we talked about virtual caches. There's other rules that go along, not just places where you're not allowed to post them but you can't have them too close together. So the rule is a 10th of a mile by as the crow flies, I believe. Yes. Yes. And so that's good in terms of not overcrowding something that's popular. You just get the one geocache in there and then everything else has to be at least a 10th of a mile away. But that distance, um, it really isn't that far, 500 feet apart. And it's nice because people will go along straight lines like bike paths or river trails and they will hide caches exactly one tenth of a mile apart. And so you could spend your whole day just walking along a path and just constantly finding new caches right and left. So that's mm -hmm. fun. Um, okay. So just going back to the event, you have an event coming up. Because you travel, you travel, like you go places for geocaching. How many states have you done geocaching in? I want to say 28, I think about 28. So I'm so more no, than no, that. probably more than that, probably more than that. And didn't you just hit a milestone like 5,000 or mm -hmm. 500,000? I have about, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have about 5,200 now. Yeah. So I recently passed 5,000. Okay, and you have an event coming up in October. Are you going to Are you going to Hawaii to go geocaching? Oh, that event! I, I was going to say there's little events all over. There's one just in the next town over in June. In June, so that's pretty quick, but that's minor. No, uh, we're going to a large geocaching event that we're paying to go to, and it's at the volcanoes in um, on the Big Island in Hawaii. And uh, so it's a geocaching group. It's kind of like a geo tour where we're all geocachers, we're all going to learn about the volcanoes, but we're also going to find caches while we're there. So when you say you're paying, it's because you mean usually you just show up at a park as a typical type of event, but since this is more of a tour organized thing. Yes. As an admission. You're paying like you're paying for any tour. And you know, you just brought up a good point. It's practically free. You can do it without purchasing um, the premium membership, but it's better to spend the $30 and get the it premium means membership. Wait, what about Hawaii or geocaching in general? Geocaching in general. Okay. Since you brought up the, it's, the it's, it's usually good. Yeah. And so other than that, I mean, you've got a smartphone. We actually, we didn't update now. Now you just, all you need is a smartphone because uh, it's got the GPS and it's got the information. Um, so you can get, get the app for free. 
Yep. And there's some caches on there. There's not a ton for free, but you pay the $30 annual membership yep. and then you get access to all. There's just the two levels, right? Free or $30. Yes. Yes. So you pay the $30 a year, you get access to all the caches and now you're not printing them out because they're all the info's on your phone. You're not needing a GPS separately because in the past you would need a separate device that GPS in order the minimum you would need that separate GPS mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you can actually log your caches right there on your phone as well in the past you would write down everything you did and then you would come home on the computer to type in the logs yep now what's the the rule about that is it like you have to log them. It's polite to log them. You better log them or you're not fun. Wow. That's a great question. <laughs> I would say you should log them. How's that? Is that somewhere in the middle yeah. there? Well, one okay. of the benefits of logging all the caches that you went to, and again, it's just as simple of a click of a button now on your phone. It's just in the app. It's already built in. But one of the benefits to other cachers is if you don't find it, that shows them, you know, if enough people aren't finding it, it's probably missing. If a bunch of people found it one weekend and maybe just the most recent person didn't find it, maybe they just didn't see it for whatever reason. So but we'll still you, go look for it. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're sitting there and the last five or six logs all say DNF did not find, then maybe it's time for the owner of the cache to go out and replace it. And people aren't going to waste their time going and looking for it. Yeah. So you have, you're an owner of a lot of caches. Mm -hmm. How many caches do you have? Mm -hmm. Do you know how many active you have? Oh, have active? Ish, ish, ish. Or how many you've ever done? I don't know. What Do you know any numbers? Well, you know, it's weird because when I started, I was with a different partner and we had one account. And then when we split up, I started over again. So we had a lot of caches together, like 140 or something. Now I think I have a total of maybe 50 but because I've moved around a lot, I don't, they're not all active. Some of them I've let go or I let other people adopt them because I was leaving the area and they've let them go. So maybe, maybe I don't even know between 20 and 50. How's that? Okay. And when you, did you say when you go to Hawaii, you were telling me that you can place a cash there and then the person that lives there will adopt it or well, you know this was brilliant. early days when geocaching was not that popular and I think the entire island of Kauai had like 14 caches and there was a poor cacher there that never had any caches to find so he he was encouraging visitors to place caches and then he would take care of them for you oh. mainly because okay. he wanted caches to find <laughs> <laughs> okay so one other um I don't know not really award, I guess just kudos or pat on the back that you could get is called first to find. Oh, yes. So you notice a cache has just been posted. Nobody's found it yet. Now, do you get alerts on your phone through the yes, app? Yes, you can set up notifications to either email you or text you or whatever. Yeah, or through the app. Okay. And then you can go out and be the first person to find it, which is just, you know, a feather in your cap. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're the first person to log it, it's going to say first to find right there. But mm -hmm. sometimes the pro there's a, an extra prize for the person who's first to find. Do you so, remember one particularly good one? Uh, is it about Harry Potter? Yeah, and that's yeah. how we lost the walkie-talkies too. Do you remember that? Yeah, so we were <laughs> we were lured with a, a DVD of Harry Potter 
right? Something yeah. with snakes. I don't, I'm not super familiar with Harry Potter, but one of them with snakes. I get, it must have been a new release. I don't know. Why would I think we it was brand new? Yeah. <laughs> but I, there was a, uh, I don't want to say cliff, but a very steep hill involved. Yeah. And we had to very, go down. A very whiny sister of mine was involved. Yes. And then we had to go through that, that tunnel, that it, tunnel that had no bottom to it. Remember yeah, we had I, tunnel in quotes because it was like this big um cement probably two over I think yeah and then the water had eroded the bottom of it over the years so at some points we were walking and it was like the width of your shoe so please don't fall I don't even know what I don't even remember like how deep it was like you probably just get your foot wet and muddy if you fell if you remember the partner I was with fell and hurt his back do you remember no we, we had a we had flashlights and we had two different groups for some reason. And he decided, Oh, I'm in the middle here. I'll just go without a flashlight. No problem. Boom. He went Ooh. down. I think it was about six feet down. Oh gosh. I would, yeah. not, be, I would not be doing that today, but back then it was. <laughs> but then and we then got to the other end and got the DVD and your sister was the one that was um, wanting it the most. That's why she was with That's us. Why she's there. And we had these cool little walkie talkies that we used when we were with a big group. And anyway, we decided to make a fair trade. We traded the DVD for the walkie talkies. Yeah, because you don't really want to take, you don't want to be known for that person that takes the good prize and then replaces it with a Dollar Tree, you know, glow stick or something like that. <laughs> so we want to have, we want to have something, uh, a equal or better, value, equal or better value. Now I've been cashing with you in, you know, that was back in the, early 2000s now mm -hmm. when I go cashing with you I swear everything's like the size of my pinky so you're yeah. not going to be fitting any DVDs in those anytime soon no no back in the day they were all pretty good size and especially urban caching they're they're pretty dang small but even up where you are there's still a lot of really tiny caches up there so what are some fun um camouflaging that you've seen bird houses are fun um, anything that's made to look like something else, say like a pipe coming out of the ground and into the wall that looks just looks like it belongs there. And you go pick it up and go, huh, this is not actually attached to anything. And there's a cash inside. Another fun one we found the other day, my muggle husband is now becoming a geocacher. Uh -oh. I know, <laughs> I know. Um, because he was real excited about this one. It was just a sign that said, um, on the side of a building in an industrial area, um, you are on under surveillance or, you know, the one with the picture of the video camera mm -hmm. on it. And it was magnetized to this metal building, took it down. There was a cache on the back. So there was a log on the back. There was and a log so, on the back. To for sign. that one, you didn't really um, exchange anything because it was just a magnet with a log. You just write your name. And a lot of them lately, because they are so small, there's nothing to exchange. I think for families with kids, it's a lot more fun to have stuff that they can they can make a trade with. Mm -hmm. Um, I also like sprinkler heads. Those oh, sprinkler heads. heads are fun. The problem with that is there's been a lot of disassembled real sprinkler heads near caches because mm. people are going, maybe it's under here. Okay. So what about, what does CETO mean to you? CETO means cash in, trash out. That means if you're finding a cache, in an area that's a lot of trash, take some of the trash with you. Don't just complain about it. I think that's what happened in early days. And now a lot of us just take the trash out with us. Um, and now they have CETO events where they'll go to an area that needs cleaning up. And that'll be the event for the day. It'll be geocaching and you're 
cleaning up an area that needs to be cleaned up. Nice. Yeah. So they have rating systems on the actual caches when you go on the app. So you yep. can you can tell how difficult it is and the terrain. Are those the yes. only two? Yes. So that way, if you're taking your family out, you have little kids and you want something easy and flat, you can do that. If you've done all the easy and flat ones and you think it's boring, you can definitely up it. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, so we, oh, well, oh, what are those things called? Bugs? Oh, travel bugs. Travel bugs, yeah. I've never been really too into them, um, but there's something they travel from cache to cache. So you might go to a cache and you might find one and then you look it up and go, hmm, where does it want to go? Meaning the owner that put it in there has set a goal for it and maybe it wants to go to New Zealand. And when so, you say it, it's kind of like a keychain with a code on it or something. Is that what yes. it is? Yes. And but it could be anything. I mean, it could be anything attached to it. A lot of times it's like a little animal, you know, a little just it could be absolutely anything. I remember your whiny sister, not whiny at the time, but the don't worry, she doesn't listen. <laughs> Good. Um, she had a big old maybe 12-inch Legolas, I want to say, from Harry Potter. Mm, no, Lord of the Rings. And she wanted it to go to New Zealand. That's why New Zealand came to mind. So we got the little travel bug and attached it to Legolas and put it out in the wild and never heard from it again. So oh. some of, sometimes they just disappear. People take them. They have coins and all sorts of different things. And sometimes people take them and collect them. So it, I kind of lost interest in it pretty, pretty early on. And but there's still, there's still a lot out there. Can't a car be a travel bug sometimes? Like a bumper sticker? Yes. Yes. You can get a giant sticker and put it on your back window and that'll be a travel bug. And so people would log it just like they'd log a cache, but it's, it's something different. It doesn't go towards your cash count. I even once had a t-shirt that had a travel bug logo on it, which was fun when you went to events, then people could, you know, log you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so... I think we've talked about most of the kind with the virtual, the travel bugs. There's also like multis. Is that what they call them? Yes. Where you go to one location and it will give you, um, it'll give you a clue for where to go to the next location. And there may and be th like three steps to get to the final one. Sometimes three. Yeah. Usually two or three. Sometimes. I don't know if you remember, there's one we did all summer long one year. It was ridiculous. All summer long um that had, yep 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 i don't think i remember that one. Oh, okay webcams do you remember webcams i mean i know what a webcam is i'm sorry webcam cash you'll remember this in a minute okay. where you go to a site i would call you sometimes because back in the day we couldn't do it with our phone um but we would call you we'd be standing in front of a webcam and then you would take the oh. picture for us and then that would be logging that. And we've even done it for somebody else. If you remember, we wished him a happy birthday on the webcam. Vaguely, I would not have <laughs> that memory. <laughs> you were very involved in that at the time. Yeah, it was uh, something we definitely did a lot of before kids. And then we've done a little bit of it here and there as they got older. Where you take out the grandkids a lot. Yes. In fact, you've taken Paxton out on a couple of trips, I believe. I was just going to say, one of your children is really a great geocacher. And great just means perseverant, doesn't give up, doesn't whine too much. And then Paxton is the other one. He's a really good geocacher also. Yep. I feel like you guys went on a trip 
like maybe from his house to your house. So we're talking should have taken like 90 minutes and it, you guys were stopping like every 10th of a mile to look for something like that. <laughs> you know, we meet halfway to swap a kid and we met in a certain area with his mom and then we cashed in that area and then we worked our way home. We didn't take too long, but we, we uh, spent, we met in that particular town just because there were a lot of caches there we hadn't found. Cool. Yeah. Is there any, anything I missed? Any other geocaching words or stories? I can't. Stories can go on and on, but. Stories could go on and on because I found 5,000 caches. So, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I've had some fun adventures caching. That's for sure. It'll take you somewhere interesting. We were just in Yosemite the other day and um, virtual cache, of course, but it took me to a building that I had never seen before and gave me the history of it and all that stuff that I wouldn't have seen had I not been geocaching. And so they can be interesting caches, like like Christy said, lots of interesting camouflage, um, you know, different ways to blend in. But also sometimes it's a boring cache itself, but it takes you to a really interesting place. I think those are the best kind. Yeah. And any time where you're just like somewhere new that you haven't been before and you mm-hmm. just want to have some time to kill maybe when or you're going on a trip and you don't really know the area very well but you want to kind of sightsee yeah which brings me to favorites i don't know do you know what favorites are Mm -hmm. okay yeah so they have a thing for every 10 caches you find you have a favorite point to give so um you if you like one you give it a little little heart little favorite um, they didn't start that till I was about three or 4,000 caches in. So I've got lots of favorites to give. It's kind of fun. But the best part about it, when you go somewhere new, you can look in the area and find caches that have the most favorites. Those are going to be the best caches, either the best location or the best physical cache. Cool. Yep. All right. Last but not least, caching names. Yes. Is yours happy to be first? Mine is happy to be first. And, you know, just like anything else online, in fact, I end up using that. That was originally my caching name, and that ends up being my name for everything online. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much just like an online handle kind of thing. Cool. Um, So what I'm going to do, by the time you hear this, you can go over to Instagram at mastering.none and check out our post about geocaching. And I'm going to tag you in it. So that way, if anyone has any questions specific to geocaching or if they want to get started, then you'll see them on there. That's a great idea. Which means that you have to check Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mind it. It pops up, you know, when it pops up a notification, then I look at it. But usually it's like three days ago you posted that. You're pretty much the only one I follow on Instagram. You and Mastering Then. So. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> All right. So thank you for chatting about geocaching. And if anyone out there has any other exciting ideas, feel free to send us a message or post it on our Instagram at mastering.none. And as always, love us or hate us, give us those five-star reviews because we need to start getting out there in that algorithm so people hear about us and listen to us and comment on our Instagram. All right. I will see you next time. Bye. Bye.